to start off by saying it's great to see you all back together, the backroom team. This was the idea that I had. So really, I just wanted to talk to you guys about the memories of the major tournaments. I know for Archie, just, you know, the memories of the backroom for yourself. Not that I'm saying that you weren't included in that, but I know that you worked with Craig for, was it three years you worked with Craig? Um, more well, a bit that. more than that, was it? Oh, no, Motherwell. I mean Scotland. Oh, Scotland? No, yeah. just in the two, 2002 World Cup qualifiers. Just All oh, right, just the 2000, oh, I didn't realise that. I thought you were at Scotland for a wee bit longer. No, 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 he got rid of me uh, after we that failed to qualify for the 2002 <laughs> World Cup. He no, says, out you of, go. Right. They get rid of both of us. They get rid of both of us. <laughs> no, at least, you, at least you resigned. I had the but option. I'd, I'd saved you for six years before that. Ah, you were you you were okay. Yeah. I had to save you. You saved me, and then the Archie came and masterminded my downfall. Correct, yes. <laughs> were you and who else were you involved with, Stuart? Were you with Bertie Volks? No, I need chips. Need chips. Oh no, there's a story to go with this. Go and tell there's the story. Story to go. The wee Bertie came in, and he's going to revamp Scottish football. And of course, <laughs> I've got, I know about all the players like before the pre-match, Paul Lambert and that and all these guys. And, and I've got it all set out on the table. Andy Go, Andy Gorham was here, I can't remember. But anyway, it's all set out. B. Berry comes in and walks along the side of the table and he shouts. I'm not there very long, so he doesn't know my name right. He shouted, oh man! Comes here. So I go student to him and he's, he's pointing at his bowl of chips and he went, No chips. I said, Oh, very but that's for the return backroom staff. I says the players at this time of day know no not to eat chips. They have just their light meals, toast and and uh, cereal. And uh, I said things like that. Omar, no chips. Oh man, no chips. And oh man. So I started, I started to explain it all again. And he says, Oh man, nine chips. I said, Oh, you're <laughs> beginning to negotiate now. <laughs> nine chips. Nine, nine chips. chips. <laughs> oh, and of course, all the, players, all, the, all the players are killing themselves. And he's no good. Of course, he's no good at a joke, you know. <laughs> but uh, they called me old man for about five months. <laughs> oh, hold on, guys. We've got somebody that wants to come in and say hello. Two seconds, I'll admit. Who's that? It's not Colin Henry. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, Colin Henry. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. I'm here. Hey, uh, Cole. <laughs> what are you doing, son? I'm doing a bit for Scotland. Listen, Stuart will give you one of his old jackets. Aye, and I'll give you, I'll give you a, a set of teeth. Have you been, have you been along at the Scotland camp, Mike? It's, it's the hair I need. So how's the Motley crew? You're all looking very well. You're all looking very well. Suntan. Tell you a right story about him. Do you know his first game for Dundee at centre half when I told him you'll never be a centre forward? So <laughs> we put him at centre half. I worked away that week. And it was the last game of the season against Hearts at Dens. And Hearts had to win to win the league. Right? Dundee 
had a chance of qualifying for Europe. Uh, Dundee won uh, two nothing. Albert Skid, uh, Kid scored the two goals, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, that was his first game at centre half. Never gave big uh, uh, Sandy Clark. Never Sandy gave Clark. him a kick. Well, and the crowd, easy, I, yeah. someone like I think it was someone like twenty six thousand at Dens that day. Incredible. Colin, you've got a busy schedule before the Euros. What are you? What are you up to? I'm back in Scotland for the radio and stuff. We've got radio and a bit of TV. I'm doing in the day of the game, the game at Wembley. Iron Brew want me to, I don't know, do someone in England, in London at Wembley. But I've said to them, I'm not going to do it unless I can see the game. So, I'm not, today was good. I mean, with Tony Adams, we were going over. What we were doing today, it was, it was tongue-in-cheek with Mars. We had, with the select, I had to select the strongest English team since '96. He had to select the strongest Scottish team since '96. Colin, you mentioned you mentioned Tony Adams there. Yep. And he's the only guy that I can recall, only player with an opposing team when we played England in Wembley, and we won one nothing. The second game, yeah. He ran over to yeah. me and he says, mm. "We were well beaten there." He says, "You were yeah. brilliant." Now, an opposing player coming and saying that to the opposing man, I thought that was quite something. Big Tony he scored the goal, had yeah. he? Who scored the Don, goal? Don Hutch. Don Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Oh, aye. Aye, so Christian, Christian had the header. Christian had the header that Seaman saved. Aye. That would have made it 2 2 on aggregate. Yeah, but that was it. Was that at Wembley? Wembley, actually, aye. Was that at Wembley? That was Wembley. Yes, that was at Wembley. Second game. Oh. Scores Colin, first I, need, I need to tell you the one. You know how at uh, Wembley you used to have to walk around the dog track first? Yeah. Before they get rid of it. So we're walking around a dog track and then started to play the national anthem and I stood to accept it. And the next thing I, I get hit in the head, you see, <laughs> so I put, I put my hand up and I've got yellow stuff and red stuff. And I look at a professor who's standing next to me and it's, a lot of it's moved on to him. And <laughs> I look down at the floor and here some English supporter has flung a Hamburger, <laughs> hamburger it is. And I could just imagine somebody in that town going, got them. It was all in my shirt with tomato sauce and mustard. Well, I remember my first, my first time at Wembley. When we were with three brothers and my father down to Wembley and uh, we lost 9-3, right? <laughs> And uh, the pre- the price of tickets, the price of tickets in these days was seven and sixpence. <laughs> that's who paid, that's who paid that's for the thing. ticket. Seven and sixpence. <laughs> you, you saw boys, honestly, this story, you saw boys walking down Wembley Way. There was a couple of boys walking down Wembley Way and they're all shouting for tickets. They need tickets. Uh, any tickets, boys? Any tickets? And there's these two boys... One way a shuffle or his shooter, and the other one where a pick or his shooter. How he's getting in? We're tunneling in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they're talking about ticket touts. I used to go to Wembley Drove with the Tartan Army, and what they did was they went with no tickets. They surrounded Aye. a tout, went round about them, and they said, We need 10 tickets. 10, or you'll get a doing. And the guy panicked because he knew they would. They would do them in and take the ten. 
So that, <laughs> we went, we went with no tickets. And, you know, no negotiation. Outs, obviously, but no happy. negotiation there. I, <laughs> still, I think yeah, that still no. happens because there's so many people I know that are going down regardless of the rules, you know, just heading down there, just hoping to see something, just get a glimpse of anything because they're so excited because it's been so long. Oh, I know. I mean, there's there's no doubt that uh, we'll never saying, end the don't, never don't go end. down or don't go near the place, and uh, but they're kidding themselves on. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, they'll go down there was, and fill every pub there is. I stayed last night in a in a hotel in Wembley Way, so I took some pictures. And, and when you come out of the hotel, there's still a lot of people there working. And well, staying in the hotel, the Novotel, be the Euro 2020, and they're all working. They're going to be working there this weekend and everything else. It's still out with them. But the, the walk up to that now, everyone, it's, I've got to say, it's very, very impressive. It's, it really, really is impressive what they've done. And the whole area is just surrounded with everything about Wembley in Euro 2020. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a buzz, but <clears throat> I think the people that I know that when we qualified that last penalty kick, that when Marshall saved it, that within an hour, I had somebody ringing me up saying, could you get tickets? <laughs> can you get can you get tickets on that? I can't even get tickets. Do you think maybe the reason for the team doing so well this time might be because, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but there wasn't a lot of fans in the stadium to put on that pressure because you know that pressure that you get. I know you'll you'll have adrenaline as well, but do you think because they've had a wee bit of weight lifted, it's made them focus a bit more on the pitch? No, I would have thought, no, I would have thought no, been the opposite, you know. No, for uh, me, yeah, yeah. No, you get a Scottish yeah. crowd, get a yeah. Scottish crowd behind you, Scottish support, then that's going to give you a bigger lift than anything, I would imagine. I've never had any cops, no, nobody picked me, but uh, <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> seven and six, we get. I would, I, would, I would say, no, that you, <laughs> you would want the supporters there. As much as you possibly could when you used to go. I mean, you you, you take eighty thousand, ninety thousand people to to Wembley, and uh-huh. uh, in, in the ground, it was incredible atmospheres. That- I was there the day we took the goalposts and the pitch and everything away. I mean, when you've got people watching, you can't be a crowd. You can't be a crowd being there, and and that's all part of the process. The, the I mean, people putting pressure on you, shouting, screaming at you, telling you what you have, you know, shouting names at you. Bring it on! Bring it on! That's what you want. Yeah, we probably got we probably got uh, more Premiership players uh, in England playing for Scotland now than we have for some time. I don't know mm. the numbers are That's right, that. That's right. Yeah. That's you right. Like yeah. McGinn and McTominay uh, yeah. and all these yeah. guys. You know. I want to know your favourite memory, something that stands out for you working for this, the national team. So we'll start with Archie. Oh God Almighty. I can't tell you some of the stories, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, no, I, I just, when Craig got in touch with me to uh, to become involved, uh, why he did, I have no idea, but it was uh, yeah, the, 2002, no, the 2002 <laughs> qualifiers, and that was a fantastic experience. I loved every minute out there, you know, just being in among the guys and... Uh, uh, how they felt about playing for Scotland, and of course you had the crowds in these days. You know, they had, you had big, big crowds. Maybe not as much as over the hundred thousand and stuff like that, but you know, over fifty thousand in that in, in Hamden. And even even the numbers that went away for home. You know, then over the Belgium Brune was there about fourteen thousand fans and stuff like that yeah. over in Belgium, yeah. even Croatia. And, Stuff. I mean, it was it was incredible the the support that Scotland carry more than any other team 
you could ever imagine taken away more than any other country, taking a, a supporters abroad like what Scotland did. And mm-hmm. the thing about Scotland, the thing about Scotland supporters mm-hmm. are there's never any damage, there's never any violence. No. You see it with other countries. I'm not mentioning any in particular, but if you've been there for years, <laughs> Colin. But you know, I was at the, I went to the World Cup, and when we were eliminated, I went to work for the BBC, and the first game, England were in Marseille. Well, the destruction that the fans did along that front at Marseille was unbelievable. Now, the Scotland fans, for years, never any, never any damage. Well, they were a bit of high spirits, but there were a few drunken guys. But there was no damage. There was no hostility. It was a different type of atmosphere with the Scotland from other countries. And I'm told, I don't know, I've never seen the German fans at close quarters, but they seem to be quite lively, shall we say. Same as the English fans. So, you know, I've got great regard for the Tartan Army. Terrific humour, terrific support to the team, as Archie said. They're there in their numbers and they're very, very supportive and colourful. Yeah. <clears throat> it's even nice to see when you watch back, you know, um, with Andy Roxburgh sort of like even going out after it and explaining what happened, you know, like, or say if they've lost a game, it's like he connects directly with the fans, which always looked really, you know I mean? It's always like one big family because he would almost go out and explain himself if they didn't do well, if they did do well, and you could see the love between them. <laughs> no, Andy had a big audience there in Sweden when they, mind you, we won the last game, which made it easier, one 3 nothing against the CIS, but before that, you know, Andy was very, very disappointed. He would wear a tap and scarf and sit on the side of the pitch. He barrows for the team team meetings, Andy. He would barrows. You used to allow us to be at the team meetings. Yeah. And we were in Finland. We were all, it was a third place last theater. And me and somebody else, we fell asleep. We're snoring. And we get barred. Well, no wonder. Right, so, right, so you never got another team meeting. Bad oh, for snoring. You were a disgrace. Uh, I should have been allowed to snore, eh? but mind you, <laughs> size of that hoot aroma, eh? Hold on, the same one coming like, on. You talking about snoring? Oh, don't get involved with that. Cash, I'm not involved with that. I'm not calling. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Before you used to be what we, people take that sense of humour. Times have moved on now, <laughs> and the, the humour. I'm gender friendly. I'm gender but, friendly. I'm but, but before. You weren't allowed to say certain things. Oh, yeah. no, 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 crazy, man. But when you're going see. back to the question, Cassie, right, going back to the question about the staff, right, and then Craig and Archie were talking about 2002, and I was, well, after, after I had the San Marino chop, right, I got chopped everywhere. I didn't get another game. I didn't even get a letter from the SFA thanking me for my services. But then again, the boss man, he was not there either, Craig, so um, Bertie Vokes, that's what I'm having a go at, nobody else. But going, oh. on about, going on about the staff, right, and everything else. On a Thursday night before a game, generally on a Saturday, we'd go for a, we may go for a Natal, we'd go, we'll go together. It's a great. Yeah. And I've got to say, Cassie, right, Omar did a great job of just making sure that the wine glasses of the staff, the staff, wasn't they too, wasn't they overflowing, let's say. Omar did it. You're brilliant at that, Stuart, because you did have to look after the staff at that point in time because obviously all the players were looking at each, after each other as well as, but the staff did let their hair down on a Thursday night prior to the game on a Saturday. Well done, Omar. Aye. 
<laughs> what you must remember is he bowled in at our side and we just put our glass <laughs> down and <laughs> sneaked <laughs> up on the table. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like things have changed so much. You just couldn't they couldn't get away with that now at all. Oh God, um, no, 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 no. But but yeah, you still did so well back then. So it's like you know, you have to try and work out, like, <clears throat> what sort of things do you say, no, that's not happening to... There's a, there's a wee interesting in view of what Stuart said. Uh, Stevie Clark doesn't allow the staff to have a drink. Now, obviously, the players, we, we discourage the players from drinking. But he even discourages, in fact, he bans it. So I, I, so I understand. I don't Gordon was like that as well. Sorry? I was, I was in a couple of trips uh, when Scotland was my... Uh, when we Gordon was manager... And uh, he didn't allow that either. The staff. Yeah, well, well that, you know. I used to allow them sweeties. <laughs> I was used to the staff being allowed a drink. In fact, I would like the professor, I'm sure, would have been upset if he hadn't got a drink, a wee whiskey oh, at night. Exactly. Uh, so the, the staff enjoyed, there was a wee social event every night in the manager's room where they'd a drink, mm. and everybody was happy, and there was never any. Uh, violence or any <laughs> discord because of that. But a uh, subsequent man, you're telling me Bertie didn't allow it, did he? And then certainly, uh, I don't think Steve Clark allows it now, from what I hear. Uh, that the staff don't this has moved on right. to the times, though, isn't it? I think I think this has moved on to the times, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's to, be, to, be, to, be, to be seen as disciplined and disciplinarians and everyone else and everybody's the same, and I get all that. But I just, I thought it was good and, and nice. It was a nice touch when all you guys got pissed in front of us. <laughs> I told you before, Henry. You better not be mentioning me in that group. <laughs> hey, everybody's involved. Everybody's in. I suppose after uh, the qualifiers, you get you did get to see the video of them all dancing to "Yes, or I Can Boogie." How do you guys yeah. feel about that song being adopted as like the new anthem? Great. Well, well Oma, 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 <laughs> and Craig all know that song. I think it's great, I'll tell you, when when we qualified, uh, Cassie. We were happy, but we didn't it didn't go overboard, you know, because we're no. so used to qualifying, honestly. And there'd been a big song and dance recently because we've qualified, and then rightly so, because it's terrific to qualify. But when we qualified, when we were qualifying for the World Cup, the staff, we just went in and had a cup of tea, and the players had to do a lap of honour around Celtic Park, where we played the last game. Yeah. And I think the police asked them to go again. What were we doing? We were in having a cup of tea with the doc and the professor and John McLean and company. So everything was kind of low-key. <laughs> but now, I'm not saying it's over the top because I dealt, it was great to see them doing, doing the, the boogie around the dressing room. And it was great to hear uh, young Ryan Christie talking. I mean, he was emotional. Oh, that, was, that, was, that was really, really good. To, yeah, nice to see uh, that. That, that was, really hit me, that, watching him. It did hit me too, but... Oh. But in our, in our time, if we hadn't qualified, it would have been humiliation. Mm-hmm. Not if we had qualified, it was just, oh, well, if qualified again, that's good. But there was no dancing and shouting and uh, making a song for the qualification. There's a good chance, though, Omar, that it's Bacara. They're your neighbours, are they? They live in the same street as you. Bacara. <laughs> Bacara. They might sing a song. Yes, sir, I can boogie. That two women. They're about the same age as you as well. No, well, they, I don't know, <laughs> maybe I remember that one. They did. They did actually record. Uh, they re-recorded the vocal in Palma. So I know this because George yeah. Bowie paid for them to go to Palma to re-record the vocal for the track, and yeah, then yeah. he put it together. Yeah, and he's released it. So. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you guys about the Euros and to find out how you're feeling about it. 
I know obviously it's been many years since you've sort of been involved in the squad, but I'm guessing by watching the players today, you'll have your own thoughts and feelings about how we're going to get on. What do you think? I'll start with the gaffer, Craig. What are you thinking? I think we're going to do very well. I think we've got a good squad and we're a good manager. Uh, he hasn't got the same backroom staff as I had, of course. He's not as good as that, but uh, no, in all seriousness, the squad looks good. It's well balanced. There's some good young players and there's some experienced ones. And I think they have a great chance this time. I genuinely do. I'll be very surprised. Mind you, I've got to say this, Cassie, that, you know, Andy Roxburgh was in the last eight, right? We were in the last 16, uh, you know, because we, we qualified, 16 qualified. Andy qualified when only eight qualified. Mm-hmm. Now, this group just now, they're talking about getting to the group stages. That would only take them into the last 16. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It wouldn't take them as far as Andy had. Yeah. It would only take the, the weird thing is, when I watched, I watched a documentary uh, the other day on YouTube, and it was back in '92, and uh, all the boys seemed to sort of, I don't know, like they were they were away. Obviously, when you guys, who where were you again in '92? Where was the tournament? '92. Yeah. 2002. 2002. Was it 2002? So where no. I watched a documentary with Andy. No, though. When, no. When was that? '92 was Sweden. Was Sweden and yes. the boys were all in a theme park, and I yes. thought, how times have changed! Like uh, we went to the camp. That I think that the photograph that you see perhaps would be we went to a theme park because the fans were there, and Andy Roxford thought, we'll visit the fans, and they were sleeping in tents out in fields, and they took the team bus in there. Well, it was unbelievable. You see them all coming out of their tents and running. <laughs> To meet the, the top of the It would have been brilliant if they'd filmed that, the way the, the fans came out wearing the kilts, some of them wearing nothing, and they were, they, and they were running towards the bus and uh, surrounding I always remember the guy opening the tent door and showing it's a team. And the next thing, hundreds of them came out of tents. Correct. So I, so I don't think there, there was no lack of discipline there. There was good harmony and there was good fun. Uh, and I would like to think it was always, uh, the order was pretty good, I felt, when we were away. But Colin, he was a, he's a player. He was in the them. He would know what was going on behind their back. But as far as we were concerned, Stuart was in charge. He was a disciplinarian there. And uh, he held them uh, to, to account if there was anything wrong. And he was not slow to tell them. So... Would, I mean, would you say that uh, Stuart's job as a masseuse was was it a demotion to play a liaison officer, or <laughs> was, it a, was it a promotion? <laughs> well, he had two jobs. That's what we're saying. The staff was next to nobody then. Now you look at the staff. You've got the team photographed. They're near staff. They've got players. Now in our time, there was a limited number of staff. So Stuart had he multitasking. He was a ticket officer. He was the uh, the player liaison officer. He was a tea room guy. He was the chocolate at night guy. He was organised the organised the complimentaries. Organised where we're going for a meal at night. Check out that restaurant, Stuart. Tell us that is that good enough. Now he had so many jobs. That man. And Tosh then, McKinley um, shared a story with me that I thought I would tell you all. Where he, he left me a voicemail and he said to me that one day he was up on the bed. I think this was actually during the World Cup. He jumped up on the bed face first and he couldn't see anything, and 
Stuart, you started rubbing his leg and he said, that's awfully light. Doesn't, you know, he's not really doing much. He said he lifted his head, he turned around and he had a sandwich in one hand and his leg in the other. <laughs> and uh, he said, what are you doing? And you went, I've not had my tea yet. And I thought, oh my God, that sounds like you. <laughs> a masseuse. When did that ever come into play, a masseuse? <laughs> That's I didn't know that one. That's, that right. was his original job, was a masseuse when I think Craig well, was... Masseur, masseur, masseur. Masseur, I should say, yeah. yeah. That was the last I thing you did, Omar, wasn't it? That was, you, never, you did everything not yeah. to give any of the boys a massage. You did you would you on it you'd plundered the corridors of hotels two, three times just to get away from it. Just oh no, I've got to go and give somebody a massage, I've got to give somebody a rub. Chocolates would be uh, a brilliant chocolate is uh, Craig Brown's World Cup diary. And I'm sure there's a scene in it where Colin, you're on the bed. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Stuart, you're sitting doing absolutely hee haw sitting on a shelf with a pair of pants in your hand. I was I like to get the patter, I didn't like to do the rubbing, you know. Because the thing was, it Koisty used to give Koisty a rub. He says to him, Big man, are you going to write a book? I says, I am going to write a book when I'm finished here with Scotland. He says, What are you going to call it? I said, A thousand and one good rubs. He says, You'll need to be working for the next 70 years, he says, because you've got a lot to catch up with. It. Did you feel like, in comparison to all the trophies and things and tournaments that you'd won, with all the teams that you've been with, because I know you've been with so many, did you feel like when you went into the dressing room of the Scotland, uh, Scotland national team that you felt as if a bigger weight was on the shoulders because it was the nation? It was just, uh, it was just one of these things. You were, you were glad that you were involved for whatever, depending on how many games you were playing, whether it was the two games and you'd be there for a week and stuff, and you enjoyed that. You enjoyed taking the training. So that was the bit I missed when I was. Uh, with the SFA that you weren't involved in a daily basis out in the out on the pitch and uh, doing what you enjoyed doing, so you know th- that that bit to me was was the most important thing, apart from you know then uh, uh, the games obviously we've been lucky enough lucky enough to be, be involved in football for quite a bit of our uh, lives and stuff like that, so you you enjoyed all that and that that was the most important part of it. That just being involved, yeah. Uh, you guys, you know, no matter, no matter what, and the, you were a supporter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were involved with the team in that, but you're actually a supporter, uh, no matter where you went. And it was great to see the the team doing well. Cassie, see, see, 1982, Cassie, the World Cup 1982. <coughs> I went to the World Cup in 1982 in, in Spain with my the whole family. My, my dad and some other businessmen in the town of Keith, where I came from, they, they created a World Cup club. And every week or month, we would put money, the monies would go in. And there was about 18 of us travelled to Malaga. We stayed in Puengarola. And we've seen the three games. We've seen the two games in Malaga. And I've seen the Brazil game in uh, Seville. And I went there with my dad. My mum went on them. They didn't go. But the, the, other two games, the other two games they went to. So I'm, I've been a fan. And that was 82. And then I signed for Dundee in 83. So I was a proper dive in the room, Scottish Scottish supporter. But what I would what I would like to add is that the whole time that I played for Scotland, it was like the trend, it was the icing on the cake. It was just for all your domestic football and everything you do, day in, day out, week in, week out, and it's the same places you see every day, getting away and playing for your country. It's unbeatable. 
It was also an education because you went to countries that you would never visit before. We got to visit countries all over the world and it was an education for you as well as football. We went to Japan, we went to a nightclub and of course we got a wee bit tipsy and uh, I, as we left, I kind of ran up the stair and missed a couple of stairs and slipped back down. And instead of lifting me up, they all stood on me and walked me right up. <laughs> walked right up onto the, walked right up onto the street. Eh? You were probably due it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, 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 I know that, you know, the trainer marks with the different soles. We're on, we're on my back and bum, and when Three I got home, when I got home, my wife of then opened the bag and looked looked at the straps and they were all, all my shirts had foot marks on them, Nike, Addy, and everything else. Murder. How many shirts have you got, Stuart? You must have about three thousand shirts. And that covered the years no, somehow. Any time, any time you used to ask for a shirt, and uh, no, they're all away. You know, Aye. you'd be. Aye, no, that was Huey. That was Huey. He was a man. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. That was it. But that was a lot of laughs with Scotland. That was a good thing. We, we could cry, but we could laugh as well. Cassie, you were on about the Tartan Army. I'll give you a quick one there. With a rearranged game against uh, Estonia and it was in Monaco in the morning of the game I went out I walked with the late Willie McDougall Chief of Security and we're down in that marina at Monaco and the, the vessels there terrific and the Tartan Army boy how's it going Willie how's it going Craig I said it's going fine and Willie says you guys behaving I am behaving look at the boats Willie look at the boats Willie says they're not boats son they're yachts very expensive yachts and he points at one he says see that one over there son it belongs to the Aga Khan. The boy says, "I, my mom's got one of these cookers." <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you can't be that for a quick bit. It sounds as if you just all had such a great time, and it probably like came, like sort of came off in the boys, and then they went onto the pitch, and everyone was just feeling great. Honestly, I can't. I can't. The only time, the only real time of any any disappointment was at Wembley 96 after the game that every other time was so enjoyable mm. even in even even in defeat where you where you played well and you've been beaten that was a okay that's it's a Scottish trait but the worst ever and probably the whole of my footballing career the lowest point was after that game at Wembley and there and that was it. There was no, I didn't, I didn't think, I had, well, I've not lost a cup final and I hadn't done anything else. I've never been relegated, so I'm lucky in that respect. But that was the saddest and the most disappointing time that I'd ever seen. And, and it was it was something that I didn't, obviously, I didn't enjoy and didn't want to be involved in. But it does make, make a part of you, if you will. Yeah. Let's hope there's no disappointment coming up um, this time round. But Colin, what did you do that night to console yourself? Like, if you had to give any advice in case anything does happen, what did you do well, that night? Well, Craig will remember. I think Craig will remember this. Omar, you should do it as well. We went back to the hotel in the Midlands, um, in Lamington Spa, and we had a few drinks. And we had another drink. 
and then we had another drink <laughs> into the early hours of the morning and they started singing with Toshwood song. Tosh would start singing. So at about three, four in the morning, the, the gaffer comes in with the house coat, friend him, right, you lot, get your fucking beds. Like, get, sorry for swimming, like, get you, like, like, get your, like, get your beds. Jim Farry's right above you. Right above you, he's right above you in the room above. So we started singing louder. <laughs> No, that was. Um, that's and that's the next day. Oh, yeah. Well, the day after, we had a, I think we had a barbecue. The, I think was that the day after Craig or correct me? We did barbecue the day yeah, after. One of the players, okay, so one the players year. got a wee bit. Yep. Where was that? Stratford and Avon, Colin. Stratford. Yes, Stratford upon Avon. We trained at the, the, the National Farmers Union. Well, Colin. Yeah, we did. Very well. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I don't think we played that badly in the three games, Craig, either. No, because we didn't. No. We, we, we get beaten 0-0 by Holland. That's the way I, I describe it. And then the second game, we were unlucky, albeit because Gaza was getting taken off anyway. We missed the penalty, and I suppose. Nobody that was back. the one that went no. through goalie's legs, Colin. Is that the one that went through yes, the goalie's Seaman, legs? Seaman, Seaman conceded, yeah. yeah. And that made it 4-1, and that was a goal, so... Ah. As much as England's done right. us a favour, we couldn't have to qualify by a goal. A goal, yeah. yeah. Um, I need to share a memory with you that I got through from Jackie McNamara when you were in France. You were obviously about to tell your team where their positions were going to be, and then you decided that you were going to hold off to the next day, so you were going to let them sleep, and then the next day you were going to say, right, boys, this is how we're going to do it. But what had actually happened was the video analyst had put up, unbeknown to you, the team behind you, but you just appointed this guy. So this guy was great. <laughs> and everybody was sitting there like, well, we already know where we're going to be. <laughs> you had to obviously explain. He was asked to just keep the team under wraps at the moment until we had a meeting. <laughs> but of course, he, he flashed it up on the screen and uh, that annoyed me for a start, <laughs> obviously, because I wanted to keep the... You, you, uh, Colin will tell you, if you disclose the team the day before the game, yeah, it's better for preparation of the players, but you find that it leaks to the media and you don't want the opposition to get it. Yeah, so yeah. every player has a pal in the press and it's not the guys that are picked that leak the team. It's some guy that's in the hut that he's not been picked and he phones up and he says, he's playing Colin Henry, he's not playing me and the team gets out that way. So you're better not to, I feel you're better not to disclose the team. If you're with Alec Ferguson, that's I'll tell you, I would go to Old Trafford You'd wait an hour before the start, and he hasn't given his team out. And they're in the lounges up there wanting to put a bet on the first goal scorer. And they don't know who's playing. There's Dwight York playing, there's Cantona playing. You know, and they can't get their bet on because Alec won't let the team go. Now, am I right, Archie? Or am I, does he overdo Oh, it? you're right. absolutely right. Absolutely. I remember once up at Aberdeen, and uh, we're in that wee room just next to the dressing room at Aberdeen, and he's named the team. And we go into the dressing room and uh, he, he starts naming the team and I'm saying, two minutes ago, that he was in the team. So he did three changes in the bloody team. For the time we left, the, and of course, you're the assistant and you can't say anything, you can't say, he's no player. So, you, you know, then uh, uh, it was three changes in the team. So when we got back into the wee room, I says, what the hell happened there? And uh, he says, what do you mean? I said, well, you had three changes in the team then, for what we uh, agreed in the, in the wee room there. No, I didn't he? 
I says, you did I named the I named the three changes. Oh, he says, I just I just thought uh, I just thought I would change it. <laughs> so that was even the things that happened to Alec Ferguson, you know. So any, anything could happen. <laughs> I'm going to have to shoot though. All right, okay. Thanks, colleagues, for joining us. Gentlemen, you call all the best, son. Right, before we go, Craig, I'm just wary of your time. So yes. if you had any advice for Steve Clark, what would it be? Oh, uh, I wouldn't presume to give any other manager, any other manager advice. I really yeah. wouldn't. But honestly, I would just say don't be influenced by others. Do your own, make your own decisions. The press will try and influence them. Mm-hmm. And I hear everyone saying last night, the press boys, uh, oh, he should play, he should play young, young Gilmer. Now, it's easy for them to say, play young Gilmer. Now, Gilmer is a good player. There's no doubt about that. In fact, the youngest player in the park was the best player in the team when we played England at Wembley. And that was Barry Ferguson. And he was playing against the top. Now, so age shouldn't matter. But I hear the press trying to pick his team for him. You know, and asking, who would you put in? They're asking me. Now, I, I've never seen this boy, this striker boy Adams play. Never seen him. I've seen him on television. Big dykes I've seen a couple of times up here. But you're asking to pick a team. You're asking the press and the media boys to pick a team. And and if you're the manager and you're influenced by that, you're, you're making a mistake. So pick your own team. Do your own thing, Stevie. And I'm very optimistic that he will succeed with this team. We could go the distance. This team could go the distance, I'm telling you. That's my feeling. You agree, Archie? I'm saying that's well said. Aye, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of big, a lot of big players there. A lot of big players there, as I say, playing the Premiership down in England with the big yeah. clubs as well. You know, so they can they can handle all that pressure and still produce the goods. Dad, what do you think? Well, we'll I think Scotland will win with the odd goal, but it'll be difficult. Right. But uh, I think they'll certainly do it. You know, right. keep their heads down under the. Bridge can win this competition coming under the radar. I mean, Aye. Portugal won it and they didn't win a qualifying game. Remember, oh. Denmark won it, they didn't even qualify. Remember, a team with boo, <laughs> so they were big and they won it. So, that's right, that was 92, wasn't it? You call 92, it 90, we, we can 90. win this tournament. Greece was the same, Greg. Greece was the same, Greece, Greece were the same, Greece were a poor team, and, and they get in by the back door they and they won it. Uh, Cassie, I can I go as well? Sorry, I'm yeah, no, that's good. okay. No, that's thank that's you. fine. Uh, well, I'll just wrap it up. So, thank you thank so you. much for okay. joining me. I just wanted to bring thank the back room back together for a wee chat and a pleasure to be with the boys. So, that was great seeing Colin and your dad again. I mean, f- fantastic story. And you're looking as well as you've ever done, son. Uh, you know, thanks very much to see. Uh, but I'll not go overboard, you remember know. Remember where I live now. Remember, the, the things I've got a telephone, the telephone, you know, you can number up a Cassie. Cassie, great. You've nice, done a great job nice, there. Nice, so nice, all nice, the best with Twitter and whatever it is. <laughs> Thanks. That's where it's going to go. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Well, Good. Because I, I need to have time to put the right numbers up and slow and... Aye, you oh, know, God, aye, aye, aye. That's that stuff, you know. I need to get somebody in to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll see you both soon. Thank you again. Okay, well you done. Take care. You take Bye. care. Cheery boy. Cheers, You're out. looking great. You're looking great. I've not seen her for two months, but she's looking great. Aye, oh, absolutely. Thanks. Absolutely. 
Bye. Bye. Cheers, Archie. Bye. Bye.